Matt Schaff and Jared Smoll of DraftSharks.com here to preview the Week 13 main slate for DFS. Jared, we avoid the slate-breaking night that DK Metcalf hung on the Cowboys last night. The shocking production from Geno Smith versus what we've seen lately. Another terrific outing by Dak Prescott. And, of course, we get to skip the decision on whether to use Tony Pollard in DFS lineups <laughs> at all this week. The main slate also misses the Chiefs and Packers on Sunday night, misses the Jaguars on Monday night. That means we don't have to decide whether to use Travis Etienne unless you're playing in DFS showdowns this week. But before we get to the guys that we do like on this week 13 main slate how did thanksgiving week play on DraftKings treat you yeah thanksgiving was good I, this is like the second or third straight year where i've done well in a thanksgiving tournament stacked up the cowboys had christian watson played christian mccaffrey so made a nice little profit on thanksgiving main slate was the most frustrating week of the year for me um i ended up breaking even in tournaments despite being super heavy on josh allen who dropped 44 had a lot of Gabe Davis, had a lot of Devonta Smith as the run back there. I was on Kyron Williams. I was on Isaiah Pacheco. I was on Derek Henry just multiple times this year. It's happened where I look at the teams that win the tournaments and it's like, I'm on all the players in the lineup. I just, I you know, haven't been able to, you know, get the right pieces together in a lineup yet. So I think we're on the right track. You know, I'm trying to figure out if I'm, if I'm on the right track or if there's something wrong with like my lineup building process. I really, I think it's more the former just, you know, cause let's, let's be honest to win 50 K in, in a tournament, you, you got to get a little lucky, right? Like you got to get the right combo of players. So hopefully we keep um, getting a good player pool that the, um, you know, the right combo of players will, will come together one of these weeks. Yeah, that's what you got to shoot for. I've been playing the draft style DFS tournaments on drafters and doing okay. Uh, much lower stakes there, but uh, that's what I like for the smaller field as well. We are changing up the format a little bit this week. We've still got DraftKings and then FanDuel picks, but I'm going to package them into one show instead of splitting them up into two, make it a little easier for those playing on both sites and to make it a little bit easier for me processing the shows after we finish our recording. If you don't care about DraftKings and you want to skip right to FanDuel, use the timestamp stamps, whether you're on YouTube or listening to the audio version, check below. We'll let you know exactly where things start for FanDuel. Now to week 13, we checked the lineup generator for our dollars per point and at quarterback, Russell Wilson, $5,700 leads the DK dollars per point. He also carries the position's highest ownership projection as of Friday morning. Jared, is it really Russell Wilson week? quarterback on DraftKings? I can believe the ownership. I kind of still don't believe it. I wonder if we get to, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning, if that'll have come down because I think to me, there's two other cheap quarterbacks that are better plays, Brock Purdy and Sam Howell. I'm probably just going to X Russell Wilson out. I'm definitely not playing him in tournaments of that ownership. I don't even love him in cash. Again, I prefer Howell and Purdy because we've seen Denver wants to win by running the ball. If they could have it the way Russell Wilson's going to throw 25 times, you know, maybe 30 times. Now, there's a chance it's, you know, they're playing CJ Stroud in the Texans. They could fall behind and Wilson could throw it 35 times and you know, he has been running a bit. So I could see him getting there. Purdy for me, I mean, he's $100 cheaper. So if, you know, that's a tiebreaker that that's worth it. I, I just trust him and his offense more. Something is broken with the DraftKings pricing algorithm, Purdy especially. He is coming off his second worst fantasy outing of the season on Thanksgiving against Seattle. You know, that, that was a road game divisional. That's kind of stuff can happen. But Purdy had 23 plus DraftKings points in three straight games before that. He has 21 plus DK points in six of his last nine. Um, the Niners have the third highest implied total. On the main slate, it's interesting. The Niners are, are, you know, road favorites in Philadelphia. I think that means something. I, I know, I know. One of the factors is you have the Niners with extra rest coming into this game, having played on Thursday, whereas the Eagles' defense played like over 90 snaps in that game 
against the Bills last week. So there's definitely a rest advantage for the Niners in this one, which I think is baked into those Vegas lines. So I do like the Niners offense in this spot and the passing game in particular, as we've talked about, you know, all, all season against Philadelphia, much, much tougher against the run than the pass teams treat them that way. The Eagles have the second highest pass rate over expected against actually the only team with a higher pass rate over expected against is the 49ers. So this game is intriguing because I think you could get more passing volume than you might expect on both sides. But um, I, I think Purdy for the price tag in the matchup feels like a safe cash play to me. I agree. I've been drafting him so far. Um, and you know, you mentioned the Eagles defense playing a lot in that game. They also didn't play very well against Buffalo. They gave up a lot of yardage and plenty of points and can certainly see that happening this week against San Francisco tournament side at quarterback. What do you like on DraftKings? Yes. I'm really focused on two games and one of them is the Niners Eagles game. Um, I think I'm going to go more like mini stacks with that game. Um, you know, with, with the wide receivers on both sides in particular, I like this Dolphins commanders game for your full on tournament. I mean, the Dolphins side, you, you don't really need to make the argument for, right? I mean, we've seen the upside with the passing game. Their commanders are dead last in both pass defense DVOA and adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Tua has faced two other bottom six teams in pass defense DVOA this, this season. That was Denver. He scored 31.3 DraftKings points. And the Chargers, he scored 32.1 DraftKings points. So that's the type of upside with Tua. The Dolphins stack is expensive. That's you know what makes it challenging because you obviously want to play Tyreek with your Tua teams. Then the question is, do you try to double stack it with Waddle as well, which I think is viable. It is expensive, which will hopefully keep the ownership down a little bit. On the commander side, it's kind of the exact opposite. I mean, the, the pieces are cheap. Again, I think Howell's a, a nice value. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas are all pretty strong value. So it's kind of, it's trying to figure out who to stack Sam Howell with, I think is the challenging part, but we know we're going to get massive pass volume from Sam Howell. He has 53 more pass attempts than any other quarterback right now. 53 more attempts. Just crazy. They're nine and a half point underdogs here. So the volume is going to be high again for Howell. I'm even considering messing around with a team that's Sam Howell with no commanders receivers and then trying to get both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell on that team just to just to get a little weird. That's certainly not a path that you generally want to travel, but Washington specifically, Sam Howell's been a lot better than any of his pieces have. It's it's not like Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin are having an awesome season. Sam Howell's having an awesome fantasy season and he has different wide receivers doing different things and nobody doing monster stuff. Exactly. I actually looked at, so there, there have been three games this season where Howell has top 28 DraftKings points. And I looked at, you know, which pass catchers like delivered what I'd consider like tournament winning value, you know, at their price tags in those Howell games. Terry McLaurin has done it in zero of the three Big. I don't think McLaurin's even hit 20 DraftKings points in a single game this season. So that's kind of the argument against him. Jahan Dotson has hit tournament value in one of the three Sam Howell games. Curtis Samuel did it in one of two. He left the other one early. And then Logan Thomas has hit tournament winning value in two of the three big Sam Howell games. So Samuel and Thomas are my two favorite stacks with um, Sam Howell because of the fact that they've you know delivered earlier this season and the fact that both of those guys are just are just super cheap. Logan Thomas is somebody that I was wondering about as we were going through that in part also because of how tight end looks this week but we'll get to that position in a few minutes up first running back and I mean it just starts with Zach Moss this week he yeah. sits atop our DK dollars per point he's 4600 against a team that he torched for nearly 200 total yards in the first meeting He's sitting with a 42% projected ownership rate in our lineup generator. We we don't see that most weeks. And yeah. for further context, number two, it's Christian McCaffrey at 24%. So 
are we just ignoring that number and Zach Moss is just automatic across formats here? He's automatic in cash. I think, I think this is the first time all year where we've had like an auto playing cash to me, where just someone's, you know, grossly mispriced obviously, because we didn't know about the JT injury until the pricing came out. I mean, I think Moss is what $2,000 underpriced probably. So I, th- I think you just play him in cash tournaments. It's tough. I even think in like smaller tournaments that I play in where it's single entry, he's going to be like over 50%, maybe like 60% owned. So I'm going to lean towards playing him on more lineups than not, just because of what LC allows you to do, especially again, in a week like this, where I do want to play Tua and I do want to play Tyreek Hill, who's $9,600, like Zach Moss lets you do that. So definitely a lock play in cash. And I think uh, not someone to like just fade in tournaments, right? You can fade him in certain lineups, but I would definitely want a good bit of exposure to Zach Moss in tournaments. Yeah, we tend to talk in terms of either playing or fading a guy, but this is somewhere where I would be in between. I wouldn't want to have no Zach Moss because of the cost savings versus the upside. But you also want to look for alternatives because if he does bust, he's taking down a lot of the field. Yeah, I mean, it's a Tennessee matchup, too, that I think helps the case for fading Moss in some spots, right? Because they are so much tougher against the run than the pass. I do think Michael Pittman and Josh Downs will will get to them in the wide receivers. I think they're both strong plays, which is, you know, an easy pivot off of Zach Moss, basically just hoping the, the touchdowns come through the air rather than to Zach Moss. Yeah, there's that matchup that can be tough. He's certainly not an automatic to deliver on that matchup. And guys get injured. So absolutely no player is a given any week. So, you know, we'll keep that in mind for Zach Moss and any other, you know, look like automatic plays going forward tournament side at running back besides trying to find Zach Moss alternatives. (laughs) What do you like? You know, usually try not to get too off the board at running back. This play is a bit off the board, but I do think it's viable and I'll probably get to it in at least a lineup or two. It's, It's Devin Singletary. Who's fifty nine hundred dollars? So, like, you know, he's only a hundred less than Ramondre Stevenson, who I think is much better play. Like Rashad White is in the same price zone. Even like Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs are only what eight hundred dollars more. So it it feels uncomfortable. But I mean, I think no one's gonna have Devin Singletary at this price tag. His usage last week much better than it looks. Just looking at the box score, right? He only ended up with six carries to Damian Pierce's five. Devin Singletary played 82% of Houston's offensive snaps. He actually set a season high with a 74% route rate. And this is a good spot for Singletary. Denver much improved against the pass over the last month plus. Still bad against the run. They've still allowed 6.0 yards per carry to running backs over the past five weeks. And we've seen Houston too in spots shift to go pass heavy, but we've also seen, you know, in matchups where, where it makes sense to go run heavier, they, they've kind of stuck to the run right? against Carolina. They were negative 10% pass rate over expected against a bad Bengals run defense. They were negative one pass rate over expected. So I don't think they're going to go super run heavy because, you know, they shouldn't with CJ Straub. Like this is definitely a matchup where they should lean a bit more on the run than, you know, maybe in, in some other spots. And of course we did see Singletary have big games against Cincinnati and Arizona just, you know, within the last few weeks. What we're looking for is unpopular plays with a path to working, right? So I think Devin Singletary fits that. I'm a little bit wary because I think last week they started out trying to run. It did not work against a Jacksonville defense that has played the run well this year. And it was just kind of shootout conditions and they were chasing for a lot of that game. So mm-hmm. once things started going that way, it certainly made sense for there to be more Devin Singletary. I think if they get ahead of Denver, if they have some rushing success, I think we'll see more of a split. But, you know, it's a think. I don't know. We don't know until the game's played out. So it's possible Devin Singletary leads the way. I would be a little scared to uh, spend a lot of teams going that Mm -hmm. way over the other guys you mentioned in the price range. But you know what? That's part of the game, right? Yeah, sure. And again, and you know, think about your team in general, right? If your team is chalky and you need one 
contrarian piece, Singletary makes sense. If you already have a contrarian piece or two, I would, you know, I would much rather play Ramondre Stevenson at basically the same price than, than Devin Singletary. And for anybody who listens and then uses that to make their redraft lineup decisions, you're not saying that Devin Singletary makes sense in a redraft full season lineup over somebody, you know, like one of the guys that you mentioned that are priced similarly in DFS. This is all about playing the field, trying to get somebody with a, even a slight path to going off that everybody else doesn't have. Yes, for sure. It's an ownership play. Definitely check the rankings and check your, my team page for your season long lineup decisions. Because I think sometimes we can talk through these things and it's like, maybe I should be playing that guy in my season long lineup. But in this case, I think Devin Singletary is a DFS play. Wide receiver, we ran through cheap options at the top of quarterback and running back in the DK dollars per point. We have some cheap options up high at wide receiver too, but those guys follow $9,600 Tyreek Hill here. He's the DK dollars per point leader Mm -hmm. among wide receivers by a pretty good margin. Jared, do you need to play him despite the big salary this week? He's not a lock like Zach Moss is. I'm not making a, a cash lineup without Tyreek Hill. And really, it's you know, do you want to play Tyreek Hill? Or do you want to play Christian McCaffrey as you know the elite high price guy? And to me, it's easily Tyreek Hill in these matchups this week. You know, not that Christian McCaffrey can't have a big game, but it's a tougher matchup for him. So I, I will be playing Tyreek Hill in cash despite the price tag. I'm also going back to Josh Downs in cash again. If you play Tyreek, you do need probably you know two cheaper wide receivers to go with him. Um, I'm playing Josh Downs, who saw 13 targets last week. He was one of the guys that really let me down in a bunch of those Josh Allen teams. Um, I think he was a good play last week. I think he's a good play this week again. In five healthy games that Gardner Minshew has started this season, Josh Downs is averaging 9.6 targets, 6.0 catches, 64 receiving yards, and 0.4 receiving touchdowns per game. Um, I I think he's a good value again in this um, good matchup against a pretty bad Titans run defense. And do you think that maybe he makes lots of sense as well for turning lineups because more Zach Moss is probably yeah. going to mean less Josh Downs? Yeah, we do have his ownership in the low double digits, I think. Um, 11% last I checked, uh, which is f- fine. It's not a reason to fade him, but I think he might even come in lower because I think not many people are going to want to play Zach Moss with one of these wide receivers. I think Michael Pittman is a really strong play this week, too. I mean, you know, he's um, really seen even better volume than downs, you know, although not by a lot from Gardner Minshew and has been more productive with this. I think you can play, you know, Moss and Downs in cash together. And I think in tournaments going to one of the wide receivers as a pivot off of Zach Moss makes sense. Anybody else on the tournament side? Yeah, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot. Um, I mentioned wanting to play this Eagles 49ers game in tournaments, especially, you know, play, you know, maybe one guy from each side of it. I like Brandon Ayuk a lot, $7,200. And he's not comfortable because he has topped six targets just once in his last five games. So you're not getting good volume for the price tag. But again, I think you're going to get elevated pass volume from the 49ers in this matchup. And then Philadelphia 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And they've been especially bad against perimeter wide receivers, which is, you know, more Brandon Ayuk than Debo Samuel. So if I'm picking between the two Niners wide receivers this week, I do like Ayuk better in this matchup. Tight end, I mentioned earlier, looks wide open. Part of that's we've got no Travis Kelsey on the main slate, Evan Ingram, Jake Ferguson off the main slate, Dallas Goddard, we don't know about yet, but he hasn't practiced this week. And TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Komet all on by. So with all that in mind, what do you like for cash at tight end? Yeah, I think there are a handful of viable options at different 
price points. I think I want to start with David Njoku if I can get to him. He's $4,100, a bit more than I like to spend at tight end and cash usually. But Njoku has eight plus targets in five of his last six games. Now he has six targets in the other game. So the volume has been awesome. The matchup is awesome this week. The Rams are 29th in both adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends and tight end coverage DVOA. Joe Flacco, assuming he starts like that, does add a new wrinkle to this. Like, you know, is Flacco going to target Njoku as much as um, these, these other guys have? But I, I think he, he will. I think he should. Um, I think, you know, maybe Njoku doesn't get to eight targets again, but I think he's, he's a pretty good bet um, at the position, uh, you know, relatively speaking. The guy I kind of want to get to play is, is Brevin Jordan at minimum price if Dalton Schultz is out. Like, I don't think Brevin Jordan's very good, but I think he'd be out there for most of the pass plays in a CJ Stroud led passing game in a good matchup against Denver and he's minimum price. So if Schultz is ruled out, I think um, Brevin Jordan for $2,500 really for cash and tournaments is is worth considering. Right. Brevin Jordan might not be very good, but CJ Stroud certainly looks like he is. What else do you like on the tournament side besides a crappy Brevin Jordan? (laughs) Both saints tight ends, you know, maybe in, in, in uh, quotes are in play for me in tournaments, you know, starting with Taysom Hill at $5,200, you know, Michael Thomas on IR, Rashid Shahid is not going to play in this game. We'll see about Chris Olave, who has been limited in practice so far this week. So he has a chance to be clear for this game, but it's a pretty barren pass catching core and a barren group of weapons for the Saints heading into this game. So I really think it's a game they're going to lean on Taysom Hill, you know, probably both on the ground and in the passing game. Um, so I really think besides George Kittle, like no one else on this tight end slate has the upside that, that Taysom Hill does. And, you know, even Taysom Hill is $1,000 cheaper than George Kittle. And I'm assuming when you say both tight ends, you mean Juwan Johnson and you're taking yep. a shot at Foster Moreau, even though he came back from cancer. <laughs> Yeah, Juwan Johnson, uh, $3,400, I think, is, is an option, too, again, because of all, all of those injuries uh, for the Saints wide receivers. Johnson, even last week, he led all Saints with an 81% route rate. So he was out there quite a bit, caught four balls. Um, Detroit's defense has not been good lately. They are 20th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends on the season. So $3,400, I think, uh, Juwan Johnson's uh, has, has pretty intriguing tournament upside. And we'll see about Chris Olave. Um, but, you know, I think we should leave this at Foster Moreau and do all of his coming back just so you could not even acknowledge his existence. <laughs> Lex, what are you playing on uh, DraftKings this week? Rashad White sticks out to me as a guy who, you know, probably would be my flex play for cash at $6,300. Coming off a 100-yard rushing game in that game against the Colts last week, and now he gets the Panthers, who are dead last in run defense DVOA. 30th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So I think white makes sense for cash on the tournament side. I like both Steelers running backs again it was on them last week, ended up playing too much Jalen Warren, not enough Najee Harris. So it was, you know, Harris who got there last week. I think they're, they're both in play. Jalen Warren still $5,400. Najee Harris still just $5,200. I still prefer Warren. You know, I think he's the big play guy. He's the one that does the pass catching. If you're playing Najee Harris, you're kind of banking on the touchdowns. But I think I think, you know, that's he's a decent bet for touchdowns as well this week. The Steelers have I think it's like the fifth highest implied total on the main slate um, in this game against Arizona. So I think um, both those Steelers backs are in play. And then one more guy in the tournament side, if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver, I think Greg Dortch is still in play, um, assuming Michael Wilson remains out, which looks to be the case. You know, Dortch was not great last week, you know, salvaged his day with a late garbage time touchdown. But he did still run her out on 78% of pass plays last week, and he saw nine targets on a 20% target share. So I, I think the volume is um, a pretty good bet for a wide receiver at just 3,700. You want to get really crazy and play Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in the same lineup and just pull for that 55% rushing share? No, I don't. 
I don't. All right. Well, maybe I'll bring it up again <laughs> on the FanDuel side. For now, though, we'll move on to defense, where the 49ers lead our DK dollars per point for their road matchup at Philly. You mentioned earlier that they are favored in that game, but it's still the Philly offense. So, Jared, do we yeah. ignore that because of the matchup, or does it reveal a sneaky good play at defense? I think they're a sneaky good play for tournaments if you want to kind of you know fade that game and just you know play Niners D maybe you could play you know Ayuk with Niners D but but fade the Eagles side man and DraftKings I don't know if I like it or don't like it but they've made it tough on D now where you know there's just not many cheap D's and not many good cheap D's like so I I might end up paying up for the Falcons in cash at $3,400 I just think they're super safe the Jets are are not going to score a bunch of points with Tim Boyle at quarterback and there's plenty of interception upside with Atlanta Tim Boyle now his, his interception rate actually sunk to 7.0 percent after that game last week he threw only two interceptions against Miami so he's at a 7.0 career interception right now and to be fair one of those was on a Hail Mary so you can't really yes. pin that on him the, I think maybe the bigger concern here is that you get the Jets scoring two defensive touchdowns <laughs> against Desmond Ritter and killing yes. your de- team defense play but obviously that's not something you can actually um, factor in any other defenses to throw out the Browns are on my list to consider, you know, it'd be more of a tournament play. I, I just, I still think it's a good defense. I know the Rams are coming off this awesome game, but it came against the Cardinals. I think there's still issues with that offense, especially in terms of pass protection. So if the Browns you know, can get out to a lead and force uh, Stafford to throw up more than the Rams want, I definitely think there's upside there. Jared's got more picks and analysis available for you in his weekly cash game and tournament articles for DraftKings on draftsharks.com. Make sure you check those out for tips like last week's Josh Allen and Gabe Davis stack had Nico Collins against the Jags. We are now going to switch over and look at the top plays for week 13's FanDuel main slate. And Jared quarterback, we talked about Russell Wilson topping the list for DK dollars per point. He's only fourth on FanDuel, so it's not as much of a he makes sense this week that you have to either decide to follow or get (laughs) past. We've got Tua Tonga-Vailoa leading the way in FanDuel dollars per point. To me, seems like a much comfier DFS play at quarterback. Is that the guy we're going with for cash on FanDuel? Or is it somebody else? I think there's three guys you consider for cash on FanDuel. And really the three guys I'm going to be building around in tournaments as well. And two is one of them. I also think Brock Purdy at $7,800 and Sam Howell at $7,500 are in play. On, on the Finn side, I, I I think you want to play either Tua or Tyreek. It's tough to play them together. It's possible. I'm leaning more towards paying up for Tyreek and just, you know, getting, getting that you know, chunk of the Dolphins passing game and playing either Sam Howell or Brock Purdy for the savings in cash. I'm starting with Sam Howell just because he's the cheapest, $7,500. He just just gets there every week. He has 18 plus FanDuel points in five straight games and nine of 12 games overall. You know, the the passing volume has just been absurd all season, but partly by design, right? I mean, the commanders are near the top of the league and pass rate over expected. And then partly because their defense is so bad and they're trailing in these games and they're nine and a half point underdogs against Miami this weekend. So I just think Howell is is a safe bet for another 40 plus passes. He can add some production with his legs. So he he just feels like a pretty safe play to me at the price. And the matchup improved for him when Miami lost Jalen Phillips for the season two and Achilles tear yep. last week. So that's a big knock on their pass rush, which, you know, wasn't terrorizing to begin with, but certainly would be a lot better with Jalen yep. Phillips on the field. Turney side at quarterback, what do you like? You know, among these three quarterbacks we're looking at, Tua is at 16% projected ownership. Sam Howell's the lowest at 5%. So I think he's a, he's a good tournament play at the ownership. And then even Brock Purdy is coming in at just 7% projected ownership, which is a little surprising to me. I think he's a good value at $7,800. He is coming off a, a down game against Seattle, but had 20 plus Fando points in three straight 
games before that. He has 20 plus in six of his last nine games overall. The Niners at 25.25 points have the third highest implied total on the main slate, and they get this pass funnel Eagles defense. We see teams going pass heavy against the Eagles. So I do think you're going to see the 49ers throw it a bit more than usual this week. And it's just a great matchup. I mean, we saw what Josh Allen and the Bills did against that pass defense last week. Um, the Eagles on the season are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Yeah, I think you want to work in some 49ers receiving pieces. And, you know, they have a variety to work with there. We'll see if maybe one or two make it into consideration more on FanDuel than they did on DraftKings. Running back, though, Zach Moss holds an even bigger lead in FanDuel dollars per point than he does in our DK dollars per point. Is he any more or less of a must on FanDuel versus DraftKings? Like on DraftKings, he's up 100% lock in, in cash for me. And I do think he's even tougher to fade here on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings in tournaments. I and mean, I think he, I think the half PPR helps him a little bit, right? We don't expect him to do a ton, a ton in the passing game. Um, I also think there's just fewer strong values at running back on FanDuel as they are on DraftKings. I, I would, you know, lean toward playing Moss in most of your tournament lineups. I do also like Ramondre Stevenson um, really for cash and tournaments on FanDuel. Pass game usage has really been back for a while now. He has five plus targets in five of his last six games. He has four targets in the other game. And then coming off the bye last week, he got a pretty significant playing time bump. Um, season high, 78% snap rate. Season high, 68% carry share. So you know, assuming that continues and he continues to separate from Zeke Elliott um, in this matchup against the Chargers, 21st and adjusted points allowed. To running backs. I think, I think Stevenson, again, I think he's a good play in cash and at tournaments because um, he's projected for, it's lower than I would have guessed. Yeah. 9% right now in tournaments. I think he makes a, a lot of sense at that price tag. Yeah. I like him a lot this week. He's easy. He's fairly easy to get in draft style DFS tournaments this week. Should get all the touches. They have absolutely nothing else going for them on offense and a positive matchup against the Chargers this week. Who else do you like among tournament running backs? Both Steelers backs. Najee Harris, $7,200. He's expensive. That makes him uncomfortable. He's also projected for 3% ownership, which I think, you know, helps his case. And then Jalen Warren at $6,500. The Steelers under their new co-OCs last week stayed run heavy. And I don't think that's going to change this week. The Steelers are five and a half point home favorites against Arizona. A Cardinals defense that just got absolutely smoked by Kyron Williams. Um, the Steelers, 23.25 point implied total, fifth highest on the main slate. Tells you a bit about, you know, the main slate, but also, you know, the fact that um, there's some optimism about this, you know, new offense. And I think mostly just the matchup against Arizona. So I think both um, Steelers running backs are in, in really nice spots this week. Do you have a lean if you have to pick one? Yeah, it is Jalen Warren for me um, because of the $700 savings. Najee is nice on FanDuel because he's getting almost all the work near the goal line. So I think he is the better touchdown. But Najee Harris has a touchdown in three of his last four games and four of his last six games. And again, in this spot with the pretty nice implied total, I, th I do think Najee is a nice touchdown bet this week. Um, again, he's just not the comfiest click because he's $7,200. He's, you know, priced right up near, you know, some of these other backs that just, just you know, feel a lot better to, to get in lineups. And I asked you for DraftKings. I'm going to ask you for FanDuel where we don't need receptions quite as much. And we've got that Arizona matchup. Are you willing to get yeah. crazy in one lineup and put both Steelers running backs in? I won't do it. If you're going to do it, it has to be a small field tournament, right? Like it has to be, I think it has to be a tournament with like a thousand or fewer teams. Cause you are, you are limiting your upside to some extent. Like Jalen Warren and Asha Harris are not going to be two of the three or four highest scoring running. I mean, they could, but it's a very 
slim chance that they're, you know, two of the three or four highest scoring backs on the main slate. So if you're in a small tournament where you don't need to, you know, absolutely nail the perfect lineup, you, you could consider it. I'm going to be picking b- between the two and, you know, kind of, kind of mixing and matching them. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill leads by an even wider margin in FanDuel dollars per point on our site than he does on yeah. DK, despite a $10,000 salary on FanDuel. Is he too expensive to be a must? I mean, you had mentioned for DK is not a must over there, but somebody yeah. that you want to use. Are you even a little bit less motivated to make Tyreek Hill fit here because of just how expensive he is? He's definitely not a must. Again, I'm going to play him. I'm going cheaper at quarterback and, you know, Zach Moss opens up some salary that again, I I really think you probably either want to play Tua at quarterback or Tyreek Hill at wide receiver. I think you want a piece of this Dolphins passing game. It's just the best imaginable spot for a passing game that's been awesome all year. So I'm going to be playing Tyreek Hill. You do need a cheap wide receiver to make it work. I do think Josh Downs makes a lot of sense as a cheap wide receiver on FanDuel. He's just $6,100 on FanDuel, 13 targets last week. He's now averaging 9.6 targets per game in his healthy games with Gardner Minshew. So um, just a, a Good volume bet for the price, and he has a plus matchup against the Titans. Tourney side, do you think that you'll fade, not full fade, but do you (laughs) think to some degree you'll fade Tyreek because of that combo of high salary and high ownership projection? I feel like if I fade Tyreek, I'll have Jalen Waddle in that lineup. Like I, I'm probably going to have a piece of the Dolphins passing game in every tournament lineup I make. It's tough to imagine one of those guys not hitting. I do think, you know, at the upper end, he's actually our second best dollars per point value at wide receiver and projected for just 11% ownership. I think Amon Ra St. Brown is in an awesome spot. Um, you know, the Saints have been getting smoked by slot receivers all year. Their slot corner, Alante Taylor, is 80th among 96 qualifying corners in pro football focus coverage grade. St. Brown has played 50% of his snaps in the slot this season. When he kicks to the outside, Marshawn Lattimore is out for the Saints. He's, you know, their top corner. It's a really nice uh, matchup for Amon Ross St. Brown. You still get him in the dome, so you don't got to worry about weather. Um, and again, he's coming in at just 11% projected ownership. And you think of Amon Ross St. Brown as a PPR demon, which he obviously is because of all the reception volume, but half PPR wise, he has finished 21st or higher every week, but one, he's got six top 12 finishes in half PPR. He's got two among the top four wide receivers in the format. So, I mean, he brings you floor. He brings you ceiling. He just delivers every single week, really. I feel like he's over hundred yards almost every week. And that'll, that'll definitely play tight end. The biggest difference between FanDuel and DraftKings to me is that George Kittle and Taysom Hill jump way up our dollars per point rankings on FanDuel versus where they are in DraftKings. Does that put either of these guys in your cash plans or are they too expensive because you want that Tyree kill in your lineup? Yeah, definitely too expensive for me in, in FanDuel cash. And, you know, it's it, even just both their profiles are kind of volatile, right? Like George Kittle is not someone we count on for, for big target volume every week. And then Taysom Hill, it's kind of like, who knows what his role is going to be in any given week. I do think, I do think both guys are in play for tournaments because I think they pretty easily have the two highest ceilings at the position this week. I think Taysom Hill, especially at that price tag in a game where the saints could be down, they're going to be down two of their top three wideouts and they could be down all three of them that, you know, Taysom Hill should have a big role in that game. Um, but for me on FanDuel, David Njoku is an even easier play in cash than he is on DraftKings at just $5,600. He does come in as um, pretty easily our top dollars per point value at the position. Has just been seeing awesome volume for a while, eight plus targets in five of his last six games. And even in the other game, he has six targets. You know, we do likely get a quarterback change for the Browns with Joe Flacco making his uh, Browns debut. We'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see 
you know, kind of how his target distribution uh, works out. But I, I think Njoku is just a big, I don't think it's been a quarterback thing with Njoku. I think it's, you know, he's a big part of this passing game at this point. I think, you know, he, he should be. And I kind of expect that to continue, especially in this matchup against the Rams who are not good against tight ends. They're 29th in both adjusted fancy points allowed and tight end coverage DVOA. Tourney side, we like a tight end. Taysom Hill's my favorite play in tournaments. I, you know, Juwan Johnson on FanDuel is just $4,900. Um, I'm sure he'll attract a bit more ownership here because of that price tag. I feel like just the fact that he's sub 5k just kind of draws people's attention. You know, if he was 5k, he might be a bit less owned than 4,900. Just looks nice when you get the tight end in the $4,000 range. But John Johnson led all saints, not just tight ends. He led all saints in pass routes last week. Um, and I think he's going to be out there quite a bit again on Sunday. You know, he, he's more of that big wide receiver than, than, you know, traditional tight ends. So I think he, it makes sense. He's going to play a big role with their wide receiver injuries. And the, the lions are, 20th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends on the season. And they're also not very good against wide receivers in case he works like a wide receiver. And Juwan Johnson's done well in red zone looks versus the size of his role in general throughout his, you know, still early career. So, yeah, if you play a guy at that level and you get a touchdown from him, you've won. It doesn't really matter beyond that volume wise. Flex, what do you like on FanDuel? Yeah, Rashad White sticks out on FanDuel. You know, we know the volume is going to be there and he gets a bad Panthers run defense. I think Javante Williams is worth considering, um, especially for cash at six. $6,600. Javante Williams opportunities in his last five games, you know, carries plus targets, 19, 30, 25, 13 in that Vikings game was, was kind of funky, but then he bounced back with 24 opportunities last week. I just think he's a, he's a nice volume bet at just $6,600. Defense, Jared, we've got the 49ers. Does that mean that we have them projected too high? <laughs> Does that mean that the matchup being negative has knocked their DFS salary too low this week for how good a defense they are? Or is it just a quirk and we should ignore them and pick somebody else for cash. I think it's a little both. I mean, I think their floor is much lower than, you know, I think where they might pop here. And, you know, we do have the floor projections you can see on, on the lineup generator, but I, I think that there's just a super talented defense, obviously with upside in a game where I think Philly is going to pass more than usual, which you want, you know, from your opposing defenses, the 49ers are, first in pass rate over expected against meaning teams are you know choosing to go pass heavier against them than usual so i think they're in play i'm probably going to start with the rams though for cash on fanduel just 3400 i i liked them more when we you know thought it was going to be you know potentially pj walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson. I do think Joe Flacco brings a bit less sack and interception interception upside, but I still think the floor is there for the Rams. The Browns are not going to score a lot of points with Joe Flacco. I don't think Joe Flacco is like a big upgrade over these other guys. I think he's probably just lowers the ceiling a little bit, but you know, from a floor perspective at the price, I still think the Rams are a nice play for cash. You can get more FanDuel recommendations and analysis from our pal Kevin English on DraftSharks.com. He's got articles covering cash games and tournament play for FanDuel every week. If you read last week you got trevor lawrence as his top tourney quarterback you got Devonte smith as a favored wide receiver play so check those articles out for week 13 and of course the lineup generator is waiting to help you build lineups for cash and tourney formats on fanduel on DraftKings, and on yahoo as well if that's where you like to play our goal to help you win week 13 